Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Good afternoon and welcome to another Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about a subject that I think is going to be very important to the video game industry in 2019 and a story that has really brought that subject to the fore. And that subject is the Chinese market and China in general and what it means for video game companies to try to comport with Chinese requirements, what it means for companies that are affiliated with China uh, to have to deal with the Chinese regulations and regime over there, as well as what the businesses in the West are having to deal with in terms of bringing their own corporate infrastructure over. And I think all of those aspects, all things that really need to be paid attention to in 2019, are covered in this story, which may or may not have anything directly to do with the Chinese government, but certainly takes place in the shadow of what the Chinese government can do with respect to these players, these actors in the industry, and how different different folks are reacting to things that happen within the industry, video games specifically, and how they are received in China presently and how they are hoped to be received by a lot of these actors uh, in the future in China. So without further ado, let's take a look at the story. And this story has actually evolved from the story we're about to click on right here uh, because things have happened since this point in time, which is referring to uh, about three days ago. But I wanted to start here because I do think it sets the context for what has happened. Um... Chinese user review bomb, Steam Horror hit devotion over Xi Jinping Winnie the Pooh meme reference, oh bother. And this is an article from Eurogamer, and it's talking about a review bomb of a video game on Steam called Devotion, primarily by uh, Chinese users, uh, because of a meme that was discovered in the game uh, that uh, references in a negative fashion uh, the the head of the the Chinese government. Uh, So let's take a look at the article and what it has to say about this. Steam's latest hit is being review bombed for referencing a meme directed at China President Xi Jinping. And I apologize in advance uh, for any incorrect pronunciations here. Uh, Devotion, a horror game developed by Taiwanese company Red Candle Games, had been going down a storm on Steam since its release this week and saw a positive user reception based on thousands of glowing reviews. But after the game was found to include a reference to the Xi Jinping Winnie the Pooh meme, Chinese gamers launched a dramatic review bomb campaign that left Devotion's user reviews rating as mostly negative. Uh, and I'm not terribly familiar with the actual political context of this, but apparently, and we're going to look at another article that talks about this in a little bit more depth, apparently there has been uh, a references in, on the Chinese mainland uh, about how their president either looks or sounds a little bit like Winnie the Pooh, and these uh, these contacts, these memes, uh, were essentially prohibited by the Chinese government, and so that appearing in a game uh, by a Taiwanese company has created uh, some consternation on this front. According to Spiel Times, Devotion included a poster that said Xi Jinping Winnie the Pooh moron. 
This is a reference to a popular meme that saw Chinese, uh, China censors ban Winnie the Pooh back in 2017. This sparked an apology from Red Candle Games, which in a post on Steam claimed the inclusion of the meme was a mistake and has now been removed. Here's the statement roughly translated via Google. Our team often referenced popular internet memes for placeholders in the prototype stage. We accidentally did not delete all of them in this version because of release sync. We do not have any intention to attack or insult. They have been removed in version 1.0.5. This controversy shows that our team is not careful enough in the due process. As a gaming company, we have a lot to improve. We apologize for all affected parties. Please forgive us. All responsibilities are on us. And that claim pretty much holds water from 30,000 feet from someone looking at it from an outside perspective like I am. Those of you might recall the situation uh, a couple of years back when uh, Uncharted 4 went out with a clip of their game that used as part of the art on, I believe, the mantle uh, of Nathan Drake, uh, some concept art that was from, at that point, the latest Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And that became a whole little brouhaha on the internet uh, because that was obviously concept art from a game that was from a completely different company, in this case Ubisoft, being used by uh, Naughty Dog uh, and uh, by virtue of their relationship with them, uh, Sony. And, and so that became a little bit of a... a uh, kerfuffle, uh, and uh, Naughty Dog essentially came out and said, hey, we use concept art placeholders uh, in our uh, cutscenes and in our uh, various art pieces in order to get things ready, and then we replace them with our, our own work, and apparently that neglected to be replaced, uh, and so that's how that happened, and we apologize for it happening at the time. And so that does appear to be a thing uh, that developers do fairly regularly. They use these kinds of art pieces that exist in order to give context to the spaces that they are creating that would otherwise be giant white boxes uh, and maybe didn't actually uh, correct uh, the problem here uh, as it should have been uh, if they were trying to avoid uh, the controversy that they are experiencing right now. And so that story at least makes sense. I can't tell you whether or not it's true or not uh, because it's only a story and perhaps they wanted to sneak this by. They didn't expect anybody else to find it and they did and this is the problem that erupted. Uh, but certainly on its face the claim that it was an accidentally left in piece of concept art from the development stages does, does make sense. Uh, going on in the article it says, it appears there may be more China commentary and devotion than the Winnie the Pooh meme reference. According to one user on Reset Era, era Part of the backlash has to do with Chinese players feeling they were hoodwinked into, into playing and supporting a game that mocks their country. At first, the game became extremely popular in the gaming channels in the Chinese community, wrote Reset Era user Sushi Reese. Most of the streamers streamed the game. Millions of viewers watched the game playthrough. The game also received universal praise from the media. It even became a trending topic in Chinese social media. The public gave extremely positive feedback. However, after some users from Taiwan and gaming forum posted screenshots related to the original posters mentioned, uh, the, the art that we're talking about here, uh, they felt that the game was being used to mock PRC, People's Republic of China, people. Uh, and we'll just skip the rest of the quote here because it does go on in this article from, from the Reset Era post. But essentially the claim being made uh, that there were Chinese fans of the game that were excited to play it, that were playing it, and weren't happy to see uh, essentially political commentary put into their game uh, that, uh, that mocked their president, uh, people that uh, were in, in favor uh, of, of the president in China. Uh, obviously, it's a more complicated situation than just that, given the, the way that uh, the Chinese government has otherwise controlled access to things like Steam and uh, like Facebook and other internet uh, applications or portals. And so that's one of the reasons this story has become uh, as 
interesting as it has to certainly Western audiences, which is to say, uh, you know, what is the Chinese government's reaction to this going to be? Steam right now exists in a kind of gray legal limbo, as far as I understand. It's a, it's a normal kind of portal and application that the Chinese government right now hasn't uh, banned or prohibited access to, uh, but certainly could in the future like they have with respect to um, other uh, other. Uh, applications and other internet portals uh, of this type. And so with that as the context, we then see that even though one might not have expected it, this did accelerate yesterday. Uh, and we go to a story from uh, Game Daily Biz uh, that talks about that acceleration. Horror game devotion pulled from Steam amid controversial joke about Chinese President Xi Jinping. Taiwanese horror game devotion mysteriously disappeared from Steam on Monday after Chinese nationalists review-bombed the game on Steam. Previously, players found a joke comparing Chinese President Xi Jinping to Winnie the Pooh, which is a political meme censored in China. The theme of devotion is about how a cult does harm to people leading to the tragedy caused by pure parental love, Red Candle Games wrote in its statement. Red Candle Games being the developer of this devotion game. For the earlier sensitive art material incident, the, the Winnie the Pooh issue, the whole team of Red Candle Games bears the responsibility of this awfully unprofessional mistake. It is not Red Candle's vision to secretly project extensive ideology, nor is it to attack any person in the real world. Even if the sensitive art element was wrongfully placed before, we kindly ask you not to overinterpret other game material. In other words, people were going into the game and saying, oh no, it's obviously an overtly political statement about the Chinese government or about the People's Republic of China. And I haven't played this game. I haven't played Red Candle Games' other work. There are certainly discussions to be had that you can see right now on various forum boards, on Reset Era, on NeoGAF that do talk about whether or not they are actually a overtly political company that just kind of makes these statements in their games. There are certainly some people that read into their games that way. Uh, they are making this statement to say, don't read into it that way. Uh, but again, all of this really has to be interpreted from a legal perspective under the shadow of what can the Chinese government do to you? What, can they, what problems can they cause for you that would essentially modify the communications that you need to have with the outside world? And certainly saying, oh yeah, we meant to have that in there. We meant to... Uh, impugn uh, the dignity of the president of China is not perhaps the best way to go forward if you're representing the company uh, in terms of your survivability, uh, that you want to exist as a company, you want to continue making games, you want to make games on Steam. Uh, and certainly we'll see that's the same kind of issue that is probably facing the Steam portal in and of itself, which is to say Valve has its own ideas of what it wants to do in China, and we're going to get to those at the end of this video, uh, but that probably has been influencing how this entire uh, kind of saga has played out over the last two or three days. Going on with the article, it says, In the game, a poster reads, Xi Jinping, Winnie the Pooh, Moron. We saw that in the Eurogamer article. Referencing a 2017 Chinese meme in which internet users began comparing President Jinping to Winnie the Pooh over the, over the politician's mannerisms. The Chinese government responded by outright banning images of Winnie the Pooh to suppress satirical depictions of the Communist Party's leader, BBC reports. After player players stumbled across the joke referencing Jinping and devotion, right-wing Chinese nationalists swarmed the game's Steam recommendations section with negative reviews, then proceeded to do the same with Red Candle Games' other horror title, Detention. Now, just 
taking a step back for a moment, we've talked about review bombing. We talked about it in particular with respect to the video that I did on Metro Exodus leaving Steam to go over to the Epic Game Store. And I can certainly understand the impulse of consumers, of game players, to want to make their voices heard in the way that makes the most sense to them in terms of bombing the reviews of these games. And I certainly think... If you are a big fan of the president of China and you feel like you were hoodwinked, that you were uh, sold a bill of goods and didn't get a game that was uh, a horror game that didn't have these political leanings, then I think in respect of the reviews of the actual game that you played, you probably have a decent enough justif uh, justification to say, I am reviewing this game negatively because I didn't want to buy this game to have these negative viewpoints on the politicians that I like put in the game or things of that nature. That, to me, doesn't read as much of a review bomb as perhaps the negative reviews on games that aren't related to the actual piece of concept art, the actual thing that you don't like uh, being in the game itself. So when we talked about the review bombs on Metro Exodus leaving for the Epic Game Store, we talked about people bombing the reviews of the existing Metro games, uh, Last Light uh, and 2033. In this case, we see in this article people talking about review bombing the other game, not the game that contains this meme, but the other game that Red Candles made to just negativize the, the review space on Steam. And I think it's in that area in particular that the, the game community really has to take a step back and decide how it wants to treat reviews. How, how, what, what value reviews have in the scope of things if they are going to be used as essentially kind of political protests uh, on things that aren't affiliated with the product that they're supposed to be reviewing. I've talked about it before in the videos that I looked at, but certainly... What I would like to see is some kind of requirement, even if it's not a terribly enforced one, that at least says, hey, what you're going to be reviewing is this product, and whatever you're about to say relates to this product. Please don't bring in other concepts. Please don't bring in business dealings uh, between uh, the folks that make Metro and Epic or between uh, a meme that appears in a different game and the one that you're about to review. I would like to see at least a requirement that someone certify that, and I think at the margins that should give some people pause. It obviously wouldn't fix the problem entirely, but I think that's something that we need to look at, and I think it's one of the reasons that the Epic Game Store's essential claim of there aren't going to be forums, there aren't going to be places for people to review Bomb You is attractive to some developers, because I think in the steams of the world, while it might feel nice for consumers to be able to do this kind of thing, uh, it does give developers pause, especially when we're talking about business dealings uh, and not something of this nature, because those developers want to put out a game, they want to put out a product, they want to make business decisions that make sense for their company, and if somebody is going to re negatively review this game as well as the other two games that are in that developer's library of archival materials, that prevents them from acting in the way that makes the most sense to really helping them make more games in the future. And so I think there is an attractiveness to what Epic is offering uh, in essentially not giving consumers any voice. And I know there's consumers that are rightfully saying, hey, we want to have that voice, uh, but I am essentially amenable to essentially both sides of the equation, which is, yeah, you want to have that voice, uh, but there needs to be a certain amount of responsibility uh, put on people to use that voice properly. Uh, and if they don't, I don't really blame developers from saying, hey, we don't want to get in the business of people essentially judging our business decisions judging our political commentary, in this case, uh, in games that don't relate to it at all. And so I think we want to have uh, a, a storefront that is willing to, if not police this, at least put light 
safeguards on uh, the concept of reviewing so that we don't have these kinds of bombing situations. And I think to Steam's credit, they've provided certain amount of analytics so that you can see a review bomb happening. I do like that feature, uh, but it probably isn't enough at this point in time. So that's the piece on review bombing, and that's certainly what has happened here. We're now talking about something even more than review bombing because this game actually got taken off the Steam store, and the story of how and why it got taken off is part of the discussion here. Um, and so it says, going on, in a tweet from Saturday, NYU Game Center professor Robert Yang called the review bombing gross, warning that the prank could possibly lead to a nationwide Steam ban in China. He also criticized gaming outlets that merely referred to the negative reviewers as Chinese people, noting that such phrasing simultaneously wipes away the political nuances within Chinese politics and racially stereotypes an entire nation's citizens. So, we can talk about this a little bit. I don't want to dive too deep into politics on this. Uh, we see the next comment that Mr. Or, or Dr. Yang says is Chinese gamer nationalists are basically aligned with Gamergate dudes. These politics don't belong here, which is gross. But don't be racist against all mainline China, all mainland Chinese people. They know China has problems and the government does shitty things. They're not stupid. Again, I think this is an area where uh, it's certainly a lot of emotion, a lot of folks that are specifically related and are focused on uh, Chinese politics, especially in the gaming sphere, can, can tease out these nuances. I don't view a reference as saying Chinese people are doing this as very specifically racist uh, or even politically charged as much as descriptive of what's happening. Certainly when you see a Steam page that just has all those Chinese characters, it's, it's, it's really impossible for a, a Western viewer to kind of delineate between the, the who's and the why's of why this might be happening. And so I think it is descriptive of what is happening, which is that there are these folks that have these uh, thoughts and they're, they're, making these, they're making these points on Steam. I think it's useful to have someone like a Dr. Lang uh, come in and say, hey, look, the, the nature of these comments that maybe you can't read are in defense of the president, are nationalists, people that believe in China above all, China is the best in the world, etc., etc. Um, to compare them with Gamergate is an interesting move because I don't think that um, the, the, the understanding that most people have of Gamergate is one that closely ties to a nationalism with a communist regime. Um, so I think like most things, we talked about this a little bit in my ethics and games journalism video. I do think Gamergate in many ways uh, scorched the earth and certainly had help scorching the earth with maybe some folks that weren't on their side. Uh, but I think that essentially ascribing all bad acts like review bombing in this case to uh, like Gamergate uh, is a little bit uh, not nuanced in and of itself. Uh, so that's really all I want to say about that other than to, to suggest that I think uh, Dr. Yang is correct in saying the more detailed you can be, the more specific you can be about where these things are coming from, the better. Uh, but I don't think that anybody necessarily meant to be racist or otherwise by referring to the negative reviews as coming from Chinese people. Uh, so I think that maybe goes a step too far. But in talking about this story, it certainly is one where we see politics once again jump into the video game sphere and uh, 
I think he rightly says the folks that are defending uh, or, or that are against this game and are defending the Chinese government are probably taking the tact of saying, hey, we don't want politics in our horror game, uh, which is at least similar, if from the opposite side of most things that I have seen from Gamergate, uh, to the kind of concepts uh, that they were presenting when they argued about the actual content of video games and not just the kind of journalistic ethics question. Going on with the article, Meanwhile, Red Candle Games seems dedicated on responding to the game's controversy in an appropriate way. In its apology, the studio's co-founder stated that it is in the process of business mediation and asked for patience while the company handles the situation. We kindly ask for everyone to remain calm and give Red Candle some time to address the incident, Red Candle Games wrote. This will be the greatest support for us. Thank you. Devotion's treatment by both Chinese nationalists and the Western gaming press represents growing pains amid China's increasing involvement in the international gaming industry. In late December, China began approving licenses for domestic video games, only to freeze new approvals two months later amid an enormous backlog. Meanwhile, Ubisoft reportedly planned to globally censor Rainbow Six Siege's content for Chinese censors' approval, sparking backlash that eventually led to Ubisoft scrapping the changes in most markets. And that's really what I think the crux of this issue is. Uh, there's another site here, the Facebook site for Red Candle Games, that I can't bring up here uh, because of the way that my screencasting works and the way that my video clips work. But what they wind up saying is that they are claiming that they pulled it down themselves in order to address technical issues with the game and in order to uh, essentially do another scrub to make sure there isn't any concept art that might otherwise have been left in the game that people just haven't discovered yet that have similar kind of political memes or otherwise could get them into trouble. Um, and I think that is probably half the story. I, I think that they uh, definitely pulled it down to do a scrub, uh, but it is unusual for a game to be pulled down in that context, so I think that they were encouraged to do so or were caught between a rock and a hard place. One of the things that has come out in this story um, is that they were published by a Chinese company, uh, or appear to have been published by a Chinese company to get this game out there. Uh, and it would be no surprise if that Chinese company wound up getting uh, its own pressure from either the Chinese government, from Valve, uh, or, or from otherwise to pull the game down, and that the websites that the publishers that were initially referenced in this game um, are no longer available. So there's a lot of question marks, a lot of cloudy gray areas around what exactly happened, what is happening with respect uh, to this game's takedown. And I think it's still worth the discussion uh, because I think even if the publisher goes away and Red Candle Games takes down the game of its own accord, it is all in the shadow of the pressure that can be applied to it from a number of angles. From a Chinese publisher, if that is truly the relationship that they wound up having with them, from the Chinese government, either through the Chinese publisher or directly, from Valve, whose Steam service they are using, but it has another interest in China that they are trying to get off the ground and have been for uh, some time that I think is a part of this story. Uh, and so I think even if they took it down themselves and are looking to get back in good graces and to come back after mediation or after some other kind of reorganization with a new publisher or otherwise, this is not what you would have expected to see happen outside of the Chinese market. You would have seen it handled a little bit differently without uh, a government that can do the things that the Chinese government has already shown a willingness to do, like ban pictures of Winnie the Pooh, like ban access to certain um, internet portals and applications. And so it's with that amount of caution and with that amount of trepidation that these actors have to act with respect to the Chinese government in order to gain access to that market. 
Uh, and so what I've put up on the screen right now is a copy of the, the Steam statement that we read parts of uh, in respect of what uh, Red Candle Games has said directly to its Steam users in respect of this. There are a couple things I wanted to kind of pull out of here that I thought were interesting, uh, one of which is they say um, there has been photoshopped statements and screenshots made from a forged account. The only things you can trust from Red Candle Games are the Facebook account and this Steam page, and also that their uh, Weibo has been shut down. Um, and that is the, uh, as I understand it, essentially the Chinese Facebook, Twitter kind of social media app. Uh, and they can't speak through it right now because it's been shut down for some reason, perhaps because it was essentially organized by their publishers or a third party, and they no longer have that access. Uh, and so they don't have that way to speak with their customer base. And this is the kind of thing that can indeed happen uh, if you wind up running afoul of uh, certain things uh, within the, uh, the, the Chinese sphere. Um, they talk about the theme of devotion, which we read about in the previous article, uh, and they talk about the fact that they just wanted to make a good, uh, impressive game. They feel awfully sorry and devastated, and they want to reaffirm that the art mistake, the art material mistake, was made by us and nobody else. Uh, and they take full responsibility and, and bear all the condemnation uh, that comes with that. And again, they're again they're trying to absolve their publishing partners. They're trying to absolve anybody else that would be affiliated with putting this out there. Uh, again, because in all likelihood, those folks have a more substantial touch point uh, with the Chinese government. They have to make sure that they are um, uh, the Chinese government is satisfied with the way that they have behaved in this. And I'm certain that there are at least certain conversations happening, if not investigations happening, uh, on that side of the spectrum to make sure that uh, to make sure that the Chinese government is happy with how this is all being handled. Uh, the last thing we see here is the reference we got in the previous article, which is that the, we're currently in the process of business mediation, uh, meaning that the company is talking with uh, either its partners in the West, its partners in the East, with governments that might be concerned about the content here, that they are having these discussions to get to a place where uh, they are once again permitted to uh, release their game, that they have a publishing partner, whatever it is that they need to go forward from here. Unfortunately, that's about all the information we got directly from them on this, and so we're left to, to kind of posit and question and be concerned about how this all went down. Uh, and certainly it's the kind of thing that can result in major problems for steam operating out of China, uh, because China might just decide that this is enough and we don't like to have these possible things happen. And uh, that's what you're really seeing on Reset Era or on, on Twitter when people discuss this. Wouldn't it be a shame, essentially, if uh, steam were lost uh, because of this? And we go to the, the Dr. Yang uh, Twitter stream that was referenced in uh, the Game Daily Biz article saying, pretty bad, complicated situation for everyone here. Right-wing Chinese gamer nationalists policing Steam is gross, and a prank possibly triggering a China-wide Steam ban is scary. Uh, and that's really what he's described the, the review bombing as, as a prank, uh, but with the understanding that China could just decide to ban access to Steam, where uh, we'll see in the next article, uh, millions and millions and millions of Chinese players are currently playing on, because China has essentially allowed Steam access for now, uh, but there is questions about whether, one, they will continue to allow Steam access after this or other issues that they might have, and also after Valve gives them an official Steam China portal. And that's one of the things I think we need to touch on as part of this video. And that's an article here from VG247. Valve gets closer to officially launching Steam in China. Valve and Chinese publisher Perfect World have signed an agreement with the Shanghai government in preparation for Steam's official launch in China. 
Steam has obviously been available in China for a while, but many of the platform's community features are blocked, and the store continues to exist in gray area as far as Chinese law is concerned. At an event this week, Valve and Perfect World revealed that they're in the process of getting final approvals from the Shanghai government, a necessary step towards creating a localized version of Steam. Nico Partners analyst Daniel Ahmad shared two pictures from the event reiterating that launching games in China requires obtaining a license from the state administration of press and publication. Valve first revealed its intention to launch Steam China when it announced an agreement with Perfect World in June of 2018, but an official release window has yet to be set. Steam is poised to have a massive user base in China, one of the biggest markets in the world. It already has over 30 million users, a figure which will no doubt grow once the localized version officially launches. It remains to be seen, however, if the international version will continue to be accessible after that. Part of the reason why Steam is so popular in China today has to do with censorship and the availability of games on the store. If the government-sanctioned version of Steam only supports pre-approved games, it may hurt its growth potential. And that's the article that VG247 put out there in uh, November of last year. So the late last year, we're a couple months on from there. But that's really part of the story here. This is not just a single game devotion, having a meme that offends the Chinese president being out there and questioning whether Steam will be uh, available for the the Chinese gamers uh, going forward from here. It's also in the context and in the shadow of Valve working directly with the Shanghai government to put out a Chinese version of Steam that will presumably be uh, able to be more uh, enforced uh, by the Chinese government to be more applicable to the Chinese laws that they want to see applicable to video games uh, and to potentially be what we might call in the West more censored for the content that they provide uh, on that store. Uh, and so I think there is a lot going on here. I think there's a lot that we are going to have uh, no transparency on. We're going to be completely opaque uh, on how people have acted uh, in terms of the corporations involved, whether that's Red Candle, whether that's their publisher, whether that's Valve or the Chinese government. Uh, and I think the unfortunate part about that is that we're not going to have great answers on this. But I did want to bring it up in a video because I think it's one of those stories. We've talked about a lot of things on virtual legality in 2019. It's been a very busy time for both business dealings and legal dealings in the video game industry and the information technology industry. But one of the things that is absolutely going to be a driver in video games and in media in general is the Chinese market and what it means to either proactively, preemptively change whatever content you want to deliver so that it is acceptable to the Chinese market, like Ubisoft contemplated doing with Rainbow Six Siege uh, at the end of last year, uh, or whether it's going to be a different scenario where the, the Chinese government is going to allow essentially a smaller version of Steam, and that's going to be the only version that it allows, and you're going to have access only to that content if you're in the China, if you're a Chinese gamer, uh, through that Chinese Steam portal. And certainly Valve has to walk on eggshells. They have to make sure that they don't offend the Chinese government while they're trying to get this massive undertaking approved by that government. And I certainly think that Valve could have been uh, a part of the story here when you've got a Taiwanese company potentially offending that Chinese government on the platform that Valve runs. 
And so I think like most things, when we talk about virtual legality, when we talk about the business of video games, when we talk about the business of other video uh, or, or, or media or sports, um, there's a lot going on here. And I think it's worthwhile for everybody that's watching this channel or listening on this podcast to really pay attention to it. There's a number of stories that have kind of developed in 2019 from how influencers say that they're sponsored and how developers and publishers are using influencers instead of journalists to uh, what kind of layoffs are impacting the industry and what kind of change we can expect in the organization of the industry in respect to those layoffs to what does it mean to try to get into the Chinese market and how is video games and other media going to have to change to make that market work for them and I think those are all interesting questions so that's today's virtual legality if this is your first time visiting I do these videos a lot I talk about the internet I talk about video games I talk about software I talk about business I talk about sports I talk about law if you like this please do like please subscribe please tell your friends certainly the best engagement I get on these videos on this channel on my podcast are when these things get shared around in places that I frankly don't even know about so if you've got a good forum if you've got a good message board if you love reset era or NeoGAF or somewhere else Reddit that you think it makes sense to share this video, to have this discussion, please feel free to do so. I love having that engagement. I love seeing new people come on here. Tell me how wrong I am or how right, uh, the latter being a little bit more rare. Uh, I really do appreciate those conversations, and I love that feedback. So thank you very much for watching or listening if you listened on a podcast, and I will catch you on the next Virtual Legality.